Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pulse Podcast. My name is Jeff Frost. I am a second-year resident in physiatry at UBC, and today I'm joined by... Hi, everyone. My name is Paul. I'm a first-year resident in physical medicine and rehabilitation, also known as physiatry at the University of British Columbia. And if you can't tell us apart by our program, I hope you can tell us apart by our voices. Um, but welcome to the show. Uh, last episode, Paul and I, along with Kat and Bobby, had a great chat about taxes. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it was a controversial topic. I think it still is controversial. Um, I certainly understand it a little bit better, and I hope other people who heard us understand it a bit better now, too, or at the very least, they got a, a good sleep listening to us talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if we can't teach you about taxes, uh, I hope we served as a sleep aid. Um, but, you know, because of the feedback we got from last episode, which was collected mainly from my parents, uh, we're going to try something a little more humorous, a little more wakeful. And honestly, they, they took a lot of time with that feedback. I mean, it was, they, they went through topic by topic about what we could do better. I was impressed. Pages and pages. Um, so <laughs> what we're going to do this time is have a little bit more of a fun chat. Uh, we're going to be talking about where we work in the province of British Columbia, specifically the hospitals and all the zaniness and silliness that comes with those buildings. Um, Paul and I are Vancouver focused. So today we're primarily going to be talking about the hospitals in Vancouver. But we don't want this to be the only episode on this topic. We hope that the residents out there in the more far-flung centers of our province, like Victoria, Prince George, Kelowna, we want you guys to get in contact with us and get on the show and tell us about the hospitals that you guys work in, what it's like to work in those buildings, what the pro tips are to survive in those buildings, and add in some humor. Um, that's what we're going to be trying to do today. Definitely, and uh, please be forgiving if we fail, but... I would love to hear some stories about Bella Bella or Bella Coola and what it's like to work up there, what's going on in the hospitals up there. I mean, every now and then we get patients that come from there. I don't know where it is. I think it's somewhere up, maybe north. <laughs> I once had a patient from Sointuna. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. And uh, it took him like five minutes to explain where he lived. And that was a challenge. With, was this on the psych board? Was, was he making that up? <laughs> no, I was the problem. He wasn't the problem. Gotcha. <laughs> So, yeah, welcome to the Pulse Podcast, and uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy. So, welcome to our first official segment of podcast episode number three. Uh, we're just going to start with general principles for success in residency. So, this is advice to help make you the best resident you can be. Uh, now, of course, it wouldn't be a humorous episode if all the advice was good advice. So, we're going to be mixing in some questionable advice with some actual actual solid advice okay so like it's going to be some awesome advice that you should do and some just slightly less awesome advice yeah we'll go with that uh and uh we encourage you to keep track at home you know keep score and, and let us know what you think was the good advice and uh what was the excellent advice well said all right i can start us off so paul's podcast piece of advice number one always show up on time this not only will set you ahead, it is actually a minimum requirement. <laughs> Balls podcast piece of advice number two. Just as important, always know where the free coffee is. I like it. I'm going to jump on that and add one little caveat to that. Always know where your own toothbrush is. Day-long coffee breath, tough. Yeah, not setting a good tone with that. <laughs> All right, so let me hit you with some advice. Um, always know where the best bathrooms are. And never fear hiding in a bathroom after a rough patient encounter. Sometimes you just need a moment to breathe, and bathrooms are the best in quiet places in hospitals for that. And we have all been there. Um, advice number two. 
uh, always pre-read for your rotations. Uh, for example, if you're starting an infectious diseases rotation, maybe know, I don't know, 10 antibiotics and what they're good for? Yeah, and not just for infectious diseases, just know a couple antibiotics for every rotation you're on. It will come up. Uh, I feel the need to hearken back to episode one and mention that the arrival of superbugs may make our antibiotic knowledge obsolete. Yeah, going to be exciting times, actually. I spent all that time memorizing the antibiogram. I guess that was uh, a mistake, Paul. Yeah, I should have realized that at the time. <laughs> all right, so uh, do you have any more advice for us, Paul? Yeah, I think... Um... Next one, and this one's key, whether or not you're an incoming R1 or an outgoing R5 or someone in between or somebody who's in residency for a lot longer afterwards. Read your damn emails. There's a ton of good information in there. There's some not so good information. You'll never know which is which unless you read them. And carrying on with that, equally important, always know where the free food is. Ah, food, the lifeblood of, uh, actually, it's just, it's important. Food yeah. is important. You could just leave it at lifeblood. It's not just a specific program. <laughs> You're on the right track. Yeah, and I mean, I know this is supposed to be a game where we think of the good advice and the bad advice, but that one was just too easy. Know where the food is. Ditch the email password. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, my bits of advice. Um, always know where the best call rooms are. You're not going to be sleeping in them, but, uh, you know, I guess the best ones are the best for a reason, so know about those. Uh, and advice number two Make sure you know where your Grim Beeper, which is my favorite name for the pager, uh, make sure you know where it is and make sure you know that it works. Uh, it, it is our job to answer these phone calls at 3 a.m. in the morning. And when we don't, it causes nothing but headache. It's not worth the one hour of reprieve you'll get. There is an excellent tech support service at most of the hospitals we work in, I hope. Uh, my pager broke once and, hey, they replaced it in three minutes. Talk about efficiency, eh? Yeah, that, that's impressive. And I guess I'll add to that too. The uh, unit clerks and most of the stops in the hospitals will have new batteries for you. So if your pager is low or you think it might die, don't play that game of thinking it'll make it through the night if it's already telling you the battery's low. <laughs> it's almost like there's no good excuses for not answering your pager. Yeah, funny how that works. That's so odd. <laughs> um, so final piece of Paul's podcast advice. Uh, this one is on the note of the pager. When you're responding to that 3 a.m. call, mask the unhappy, hide the sleepless demon, put on a happy face. You don't know. The person who's calling you could be just as sleep deprived. Or if you're going to go see that patient at 3 a.m., they don't know that you've been up all night. They don't know the scenario. This is going to be their first interaction with you. Maybe their first interaction with them coming to the healthcare system. Put on a happy face. You can do it. You know, I think in that vein, one of the best memories I have of first year was uh, I was on ICU. I got this awful consult at 2 a.m. And I was about to complain. And my senior turned to me and said, hey, they called. They need your help. And it, it really hit home. Yeah. They need your help. Yeah. That, that choice of words right there that somebody's not calling you at 3 a.m. unless they need your help, especially if you're on ICU. Yeah. So uh, it's pithy, but it's real. Try and be pleasant. All right, now that we have dispensed all the good advice that we have to uh, dispense, I think it's time to talk about specific hospitals. These are the places where we spend an inordinate amount of our time. Yeah, that, that's a good word for it. I'm not entirely sure what it means, but it, it feels right. <laughs> I, I mean, there's a reason we're called residents. Um, so uh, my favorite hospital... Uh, only because I spent the most time there, is the Vancouver General Hospital. So today, 
I have a humorous anecdote from my past at the great hospital known as VGH. Um, so like I mentioned, I'm a second year resident, but teleport yourself back in time. You're a first year resident. You are off service, which I know for some residency programs is a confusing idea. So let me just, let me just explain it quickly. It's when you work for a program that you have no allegiance to and no knowledge of. And also may or may not be having anything to do or using any of the skills or knowledge you've gained during that rotation. No, Paul, all rotations in residency are useful. Um, so I'm in first year, I'm a VGH, I am doing an off-service rotation, um, I'm running a bit late because, you know, I got a lot of problems, um, so I get to the elevators of VGH, and I got 10 minutes to make it to rounds, rounds are on the 14th floor, I see the stairs, and I think, you know what, I just have to do it, I have to take the stairs, because I know the elevators of VGH never show up, so let's do it, open that door, start climbing the stairs, I get to like the third floor and realize that this was a terrible decision. (laughs) I have not exercised for way longer than I'm willing to admit on a publicly available podcast. I am not in shape. I'm struggling. I'm huffing. I'm puffing. And who comes along? But uh, one of my staff who happens to be about double my age. I don't know. Uh, Certainly shouldn't be passing me on a set of stairs. But nonetheless, he is. Uh, And he makes the bold claim that to really prepare for rounds, we need to hit the 16th floor and then go back down to to the 14th. So (laughs) I am so excited at this point. I can feel my breakfast arriving in my esophagus and I am not ready for the next, what what did I have left? 13 floors of stairs. So you're not the only one who struggles with this. There's like four sets of stairs in between each individual floor at this place. It is awful. (laughs) It is awful on all levels. (laughs) So once again, uh, you know, just... Remember, elevators exist. So I'm climbing these stairs. I'm not doing well. My staff leaves me in the dust. He's not putting up with me. He's gone. He hits rounds. I eventually make it up there. Um, For some reason, I'm the only resident who didn't get the memo about the elevators. So I I walk in sweating. um, And uh, the senior resident notices this, senses weakness. And in true medical style, I get the first question. It's about an ECG or something. I mean, I'm a physiatrist. I auscultate bones. I don't know what ECGs are. <laughs> so it's confusing. I get it wrong. I'm sweating bullets. I've ruined my shirt. I'm just standing there. Just worst start to the day possible. And I, I, I guess my, my moral here is the Vancouver General Hospital has the worst elevators I've ever experienced. I like to call it the Every Floor Express. It uh, stops at every floor. It comes once every 15 minutes. Um, If you need to be somewhere on time, (laughs) be early because you're going to need the time. You will have to wait or you'll need to be prepared to take a nice break as you make your way up the stairs. Yeah, you don't want to be like me, huffing and puffing on floor three of 14. Um, So, I mean, just, just... that's kind of a silly story to kind of drive home a point, but I do have a couple bits of uh, piece of pieces of advice for anyone working at VGH. Um, so VGH has two towers. There's one tower that everybody works in, and that's where everything is. And then there's another one. Uh, and that other one is far away. And every now and then, you confusingly get sent there. It is called the Leon Blackmore Pavilion. It was also recently renamed. So half the time, you will be directed to a building that actually doesn't exist at the hospital anymore. Yeah, it used to be called the Centennial Pavilion. Yes, did not realize that. Spent a lot of time wandering around outside, <laughs> attempting to find the Centennial Pavilion. I think I went like a full six blocks away from Vancouver General Hospital. So remember, uh, Centennial Pavilion, Leon Blackmore, either way, it's the black hole. You're gone. You're gone for at least half an hour. 
uh, and pack a snack because the Leon Blackmore Pavilion is far away. So um, whenever you get sent there, plan for plan for an adventure. Um, next thing to know about VGH, uh, the DTU bathrooms are the best bathrooms in the hospital. This harkens back to some of our other advice. Always know where the best bathrooms are. So when you're on call, it's 3 a.m. and you need to go to the bathroom, don't stop in the ER. Walk the extra 15 meters and hit the DTU. That, that is where the, the best porcelain is. Yes, the highest quality, the cleanest, the quietest. There's also very few people over there. Usually an empty computer. There's a water machine that doesn't look like people have been throwing gum at it all night. And <laughs> it's just a chill place when you're having a rough night. Yeah, and you know what? It's remarkable how close to the ER it is, yet how peaceful it is. Oh, it's like another world. So if you ever need to dictate or just think or, I don't know, be a human, uh, hit the DTU. Yeah. Uh, great place to be. Uh, next thing. The Vancouver General Hospital in the call rooms under the aptly named Centennial Pavilion or Leon Blackmore Pavilion, whichever you prefer, has a set of showers that are very functional. Um, so if, like me, 18 hours into a call shift, you become a bit of a biohazard, pack some soap. Make use of those showers. They are remarkably effective. Especially if you've had to do the hike up to the 16th floor and then back to the 14th floor while being pimped by your senior and your staff simultaneously. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And you know what? I, I've always been shocked at how much better I feel after like sneaking away for a quick shower, brush my teeth. It's almost like I had sleep. Yeah, it's a key little thing to feeling like a human again after <laughs> a night of call. Yeah, so VGH... Good showers. Don't be afraid to use them. And there's there's free towels. Well, I shouldn't say free, but there are towels provided. So, uh, yeah, don't be afraid to use that. And the last, my little last fun bit of advice for VGH, uh, at the end of most blocks, the kinder staff in the hospital take their residents out for an appreciative lunch where they say thank you for all the hard work that you've done. I recommend you develop your own bingo card of the different medical specialties that you might encounter. And when going to the one or two restaurants that staff frequent for these events, um, bust out your bingo card and see who you see. I've always had fun finding hematology off in the corner. And, oh, look, there's infectious diseases. And is that CTU yellow? Uh, it's a fun game. <laughs> you know what? When we were talking about this, one day we should actually make an official RDoc or Pulse Podcast bingo <laughs> card. Some sort of prize. If somebody gets every medical specialty or any surgical specialty, I, th I think we should think about this. But it has to be at lunch on the last day of a block. Yes, has to be that. And no, 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 like block carry over here. No, no, no. Single block lunch. Yeah, and you can't actually like plan it and invite everybody. This has got to be spontaneous. <laughs> yeah, we'll work on it. We'll get this set up. Yeah, this may be a thing. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna build on the same theme that Jeff carried on with and share my story with the elevators. This one's at St. Paul's Hospital. For anybody who's out of town, this is the sort of like old school classical building right in the middle of downtown Vancouver. It's been around for years, 60, 70, I don't even know how long. The building looks super old and there's another building that kind of got built onto it and attached to it, but not all that well, so the floors don't quite line up, but it's a cool place. Interesting, also kind of horrible. Are either of those buildings earthquake compliant? You know what? I try not to think about it. Okay. On, on a day-to-day -day basis, I try not to think about it. <laughs> or the pigeons. But more on that later. So uh, I know a lot of people live in downtown Vancouver, and they get around very um, environmentally consciously by biking or walking. 
But for those of us that do have to drive in, St. Paul's has a two-level underground parkade. So there's a main level and a lower level. And I was showing up on my second blocks, and I parked in the underground parkade on the lower level. Took an elevator up to the top, did this like long call shift on vascular surgery. And the next day, I was like, okay, time to go home. I was making my way back to my car, and I got into the elevators in the Providence building. And there's two banks of elevators. There's a bank of four and a bank of two. And I got in the bank of four and I tried to go down and I couldn't go any lower than the ground level. And anytime I tried to hit the down button, I couldn't get anything to come over. So I realized I had to use the two elevators off in the side of the building because those are the only ones that would go down to a lower level. But I could not get those two elevators to come. Even when I walked over to them physically and pressed the button, it just kept on bringing back the one in the other column of four. I could not get into these elevators. So I said, okay, screw this. I'm going to take the stairs to get to the parkade. I went to the stairs, and the stairs open up on the first level of the parkade, but they do not go down to the second. The only way for me to get down there would be to actually walk through the entire parkade, down the car ramp, and then get to my car. So after a frustrating like hour, <laughs> felt like six, I eventually realized that the only way for me to get down there through the building was to take the elevator in the Providence building down to the lowest level that I could, and then walk out from there and then go over to the other bank of elevators and press the down button there because then they would realize that I obviously wanted to go down to the bottom level and would call one of those elevator banks. Moral of the story on this one. And the key on this one, similar to Jeff said, know where you're going when Mm -hmm. you're trying to go there and plan that out a bit earlier. Second part of this, if you're going to be doing anything post-call, plan for the nap. Yeah, the nap before driving home is a safety first move. Uh, And to kind of jump on your point about hospital architecture and know where you're going, hospitals are warrants. They're so hard to navigate. Uh, So yeah, if it's a new rotation at a new hospital, don't be afraid to go a day early and just walk the halls and get familiar. And my other go-to move is when patients see your ID badge and ask you for directions, do not be afraid to say, I don't know. There is no need to send a poor patient on a 30-minute goose chase because you think you remember where MRI might be? No, 100%. That is a a mean move. Just admit that you don't know. (laughs) And then maybe just take your name badge off for the next 10 minutes and hide it in your pants (laughs) (laughs) until you get to where you're supposed to go. (laughs) Okay, Uh, bringing this in now, let's go a couple of key tips or pro tips for St. Paul's Hospital. If you want to know where the best bathrooms are, on the ninth floor of the Providence Building in the geriatrics clinic area. Private bathrooms, through a locked door, staff only, beautiful. Best porcelain in the building. Next up, if you're looking for coffee late at night, there is a place called Breca. It's on Davies. It's a five-minute walk outside. It's amazing coffee, and it is open 24 hours a day, which is good because the other coffee shops in the area close at like 3. It's awful. Now, you know, I know we're talking SPH here, but this is such good advice. I'm going to go back to VGH and uh, disappoint everyone and say that there is no 24-hour coffee. Not even Tim Hortons down the road is open 24 hours near VGH. Sorry, sports fans. I know, and that's just terrible. It's, it's, really, it's, it's really inhumane. Yeah, poor business model, too. There is a market there for sure. <laughs> yeah. All right, next piece, St. Paul-specific. St. Paul's has accumulated a menagerie of pigeons and rats. If you are in the call rooms, it could be hot, it could be in the summer, do not open the windows, the pigeons do come in. (laughs) You will have a pigeon in your room. (laughs) Do not open the windows. And when you're walking around at night, 
there might be a rat or a mouse. Just, so, so it's just part of it. To be fair to our patients, so we don't scare everyone, I've never seen a rat or a mouse inside the building, but it's outside. It's outside on the sidewalks where you need to yes. watch your foot. I will clarify that. It is outside of the building. I've never seen one on the inside. I routinely run into them on my way to breakfast at one in the morning. <laughs> yeah. And um, this is a little uh, personal advice, but I'm going to throw it out there. I'm going to challenge our listeners. Um, I've developed a unique skill. I have, okay. I have found a way to exist at St. Paul's Hospital during normal business hours and never, never pay for caffeine. I am aware of at least three perpetual free coffee sources at that great hospital. For anybody who's listening, I have not found them. Jeff is keeping this, playing it close to the chest. I believe him, though, that these are there. This is the residency quest for the Holy, quest for the Holy Grail. If you can find the three free caffeine sources in St. Paul's, I think that's an achievement. I think so, too. I think we might need another Paul's podcast prize. <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll figure we'll it out. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Anything else to add for St. Paul's? I think that's everything for the pro tips for St. Paul's. I got to add one, and I know, I know this is one that y- you may or may not already know, but St. Paul's has an elevated garden on the fourth floor. And uh, I have, on many an occasion, needed to speak to a patient about something important, whether it's an upcoming procedure, a medication they need to take, or just getting in contact with them. Uh, nine times out of ten, if I can't find them on the ward, they're, they're in the garden. That is very true. doesn't matter what service you're on. You could be on 10C, or you could be on geriatric general medicine. The garden on the fourth floor outside the cafeteria, if you can't find your patient, that should be your first stop. Yeah, great place to find patients. So uh, we've talked about two hospitals in the Vancouver area, but there's, uh, I mean, there's more hospitals than Vancouver. We're not like Toronto. We don't think we're the center of the universe. So, uh, you know, if you are from Victoria, Kelowna. Yeah, or any of the other more remote sites, or heck, even if you've got stories from Surrey Memorial or from Lionsgate or other hospitals closer to home, we'd love to hear some tips, some tricks, funny stories. Uh, Just make sure they're self-deprecating. That's always a plus. Yeah, very key. Um, and uh, involve staff that can beat you at physical physical feats. That's important too. Yeah, yeah there is a huge number of them. <laughs> so, Speaking uh, for myself mainly. Yeah, hey, include me in that. Um, so yeah, I mean, thanks for listening. I, I hope you learned something uh, a little today, and I hope you had fun. Definitely, me too. And uh, in the next upcoming episodes for the incoming R1s, we're going to be doing a bunch of things that are Actually, actual useful information that I wish I had known before starting residency, like how to read your paycheck. I still don't know if I know how to do that. <laughs> so, Coming uh, into R2. So, so get hype, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys next time. Thanks for listening, everyone. I hope you enjoyed. But on to the administrative part of our show, where we talk about things that Resident Doctors of BC is working on for you as residents Number one, our big issue in consults pending, we are working on a meeting with the health authority here in BC with the provincial government, where residents and the government will get together to talk about how physician compensation may look in the future. This is a really neat opportunity for residents to provide their input at a high policy level. There is no higher level than provincial politics when it comes to healthcare in Canada. I think this is really interesting. I look forward to participating. If it sounds like it's something that might be up your alley, contact the resident doctors of BC. 
The meeting was set up with the help of the provincial government, but we're looking for 30 residents who might be interested in attending. If policy, future compensation, if that makes you excited, be sure to get in contact with us. In terms of upcoming events, we have our parenting workshop on the 5th of May. The meeting that I just mentioned with the provincial government is on the 12th of May. That's a Saturday. And then on the 26th of May, we have our transition to practice workshop. So if you're about to graduate residency and are looking for some tips on how to transition into full-fledged staff, be sure to get to that. On June the 9th, there's the UBC Career Fair. So if you're looking for jobs, and yes, these are jobs that apply to physicians, be sure to hit that up. On June the 27th, we have our R1 orientation in the Anvil Centre at New Westminster. So if you're a new resident, we'll be seeing you there. And if you're an R3, R4, R5, and you just want to high-five a new resident, I mean, drop on by, I guess. And then on the 27th of July, we have our fireworks social, which is always fun because it's always fun watching things go boom. So uh, that's everything for the administrative side. If you'd like to get in contact with myself, maybe you have a story from far away or just from a different hospital that we didn't cover on this episode, contact podcast at residentdoctorsbc.ca. This episode was written by myself and Paul. It was hosted by myself and Paul, and it was edited by me. In terms of our music this week, we started with uh, Blue Circles by Unreal DM. We then had Falling Suddenly by Siobhan Decay, followed by Waking Me Softly with Party by Party Red Light. And after that, we had Summer Trip by Tagolio. After that, we had Spinning Merkaba by Anchor Me Jans. And finally, playing in the background right now is Summer Trip by Tagolio. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I look forward to, t- to speaking to you in a month. Thanks a lot, guys. Talk to you later.